0: podcast. If you listen to this podcast before, you know that I used to interview Buffalo-centric uh, musicians on this podcast. But then me and some of my friends did a different podcast called Nicholas City Soundtrack, and we're doing Buffalo on that podcast. So with this podcast, I want to interview people who may not have so much to do with Buffalo, but people who I love and admire and want to learn more about, because that's why I do a podcast, learn more about these people I'm talking to in this episode, I got to interview Chamberlain. I interviewed David, who sings. And I interviewed Curtis, who plays bass. Chamberlain, if anyone knows me, is one of my favorite bands of all time. They're a band from Indianapolis who started as a hardcore band, and they they slowly morphed into more of a traditional uh, rock band, and they're still as awesome as they were as a hardcore band, even though you know I love hardcore, but every iteration of the band has been great in my eyes. So I was joined on this interview by my friend Michaela, who is also a big Chamberlain fan. We met many years ago at shows in Syracuse and Buffalo. So I had her along for the interview, but unfortunately, due to technical difficulties, she was unable to complete the interview. But she's there at the beginning, so she put her two cents in. We talked about everything with the band. We talked about the uh, you know, starting a split lip, becoming Chamberlain, all that good stuff. Um they're playing some shows. This is It's April now, April 2022. And they're playing some shows in a couple of weeks, which I hope to attend. They're playing in Boston, New Jersey, and Brooklyn. So if you're into this band and you want to see them and you're in the general vicinity of the tri-state area, or Massachusetts, they're playing shows. So check that out. Look online. I'm sure you can find information as to get tickets and stuff like that. But... Enjoy this talk I had with Chamberlain, and uh, we will see you on the next one. Thanks.
1: That sounded different on my end. Can um, you, where, yeah, it did.
0: <laughs> it said recording in progress. And you said yeah. something else. It did. Um, where are you guys right now?
2: You both of you.
1: I uh, David.
2: Uh, I'm in Indiana. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, Zionsville, Indiana, just north of Indianapolis. Waiting on this big snowstorm to come through. We've yeah. uh, uh. we've avoided all of it to this point. But, uh, yeah, it's supposed to come through in the next couple of days. But, yeah, and Curtis is what? Where are you, Curtis?
1: Uh, I'm in uh, Crestline, California. It's like Lake Arrowhead, about an hour and 20 minutes outside of Los Angeles in the mountains.
2: Yeah. Very sounds, cool. Sounds way better. <laughs> it does uh, sound cool. I
1: mean, David's our, 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 our one holdout who's still in Indiana. He's Oh, my he's,
2: God. I guess that's true now. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
2: Where is everybody else?
1: Well, Charlie's in Nashville. Mm-hmm. Uh Clay is in uh Long Island or something, somewhere Long on Island, yeah. East Coast. Yeah. And Adam's in Harlem. Yeah. And Dave, and I'm in uh I've been on the West Coast for 20 plus years now. Yeah. So all right. Yeah. All right.
0: Let, let me do the intro.
1: All right. <laughs> Let's do an intro. Dun dun dun. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Welcome to the latest edition of the Hello, my name is Fanzine podcast. I am Mark here with um, a special guest um, host. Introduce yourself. Michaela.
3: Hi, I'm Michaela Morgan. She and go on. Mark and I met. Many, <laughs> Mark and I met many years ago because I had a zine and went to shows in Syracuse. And he had a zine and took photos and came from Buffalo to, <laughs> to-, 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 to-
0: You're breaking up hardcore. Can you say it again? I, <laughs> got-
3: <laughs> I'm moving relo-
1: in- I was going to say maybe relocate in the, uh, in the house.
0: In the crib. <laughs> all right. <laughs>
3: so, okay.
0: Can you, can you say it again? how we met.
3: <laughs> Mark and I met many years ago when I had a zine in Syracuse, and Mark had a zine in Buffalo and took photos. And we would go to the same Lost Horizon shows, including split Lip shows.
0: Oh, yeah. And we are here with two members of, I guess, Chamberlain now.
1: <laughs> you don't have to guess. That's, that's, that's accurate.
0: <laughs> Can you guys introduce yourselves?
1: Yeah, uh, uh, this is Curtis. Well,
2: yeah, <laughs> bass player Curtis.
1: <laughs> oh, okay, <laughs> I, I I didn't know we were getting so formal. Yeah, bass player.
2: Yeah, I'm David. Um, so uh, singer and
1: lyricist. pain in the pain in the ass.
2: In the ass.
1: <laughs> and lone
2: Indiana
0: Indiana holdout.
1: Yeah.
2: yeah, The only one left in the Great Midwest. Well, you we got to ask a quick question. So. You guys were at the Lost Horizon shows, um, but you guys are younger than we are, right? So we're, no. We're, well, well, I, well, 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 how old are you? Well, you guys look much
0: younger to me. I don't
1: know if you, I don't know if we want to say that on on tape, but uh, no, I think you guys are probably by like, uh, like by a year or so of graduating class. I'm
3: 43. I don't care. All okay, right. so five years. Yeah. Well, about five. Yeah.
1: Years
2: younger Three years younger than Curtis. You're I'm forty-eight. Chitlin. Okay, so I'm, we're the same age. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> you look younger.
0: I don't
1: know. Yes, you do.
2: For some reason, I thought you guys were younger than I was, but I guess not. Well, everybody else but me is sorry, but I'm I'm your age. But everybody else in the band is younger. Well, that
1: that's true. Adam, when when Adam and and Charlie joined, when we kind of started this thing, they were. I mean. They were like 12 and 13 years old <laughs> jesus <laughs> yeah I mean, so there the, the age gap then felt much larger than it is now obviously like yeah. all of our friends but yeah yeah i think if you're in
0: your 40s now everyone's the same pretty much we're, we're all uh, yeah. we're all in our we're all in that demographic like we're all after 40 on the,
1: da- the downward spiral yeah
0: <laughs> i guess <laughs> all right the first thing i wanted to talk about was um how were the recent uh recent reunion show? Was it one show do you guys played or multiple shows?
1: Where did we play last? You got to spark my memory there. Chicago,
0: Indianapolis. Oh yeah,
1: Chicago and Indy. That was good. You know, Adam and I are kind of the ones who kick around this stuff forever and ever and talk about it for hours upon hours and mm-hmm. te- text and 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 email back and forth and uh, we had pushed that back a bunch and with covid and Mm-hmm. um it just never you know the timing still didn't feel quite right but it was good it was you know indie was still you know, it was an outdoor show mm-hmm. because you know covid uh kind of still still a thing and uh so that was it was good but it was a big outdoor stage outdoor venue so mm-hmm. you know it's always nice to play the hometown with like feeling close to people but there was like the, the barricade and yeah that that whole thing so uh but it was good to see everyone. It's always good to see everyone and be back yeah. home for a minute.
2: Yeah, we had a lot of we had a lot of fun doing it. But it yeah. was probably yeah, in hindsight, a bit premature for people's comfort level of getting out and about, for sure. Yeah.
0: yeah. So was he was saying that the other the like 2018 was it
1: 2018 the show other shows. Yeah, if we yeah. do something about every every year yeah. and a half. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so those you would say those shows were a little bit a little bit more fun i guess then
1: uh fun yeah i mean there are it's always fun we always figure out a way to something to make it fun but that uh i i think there was a lot of structure around those shows too with the the moon my saddle and we had Mm -hmm. you know it was was a leg where it wasn't just the two shows and like Mm -hmm. chicago we kind of purposely booked as like let's just you know we haven't played chicago in forever and let's Mm -hmm. have like a warm-up kind of thing and just hang out and mm-hmm. low, low pressure but um mm-hmm. so I I, I I the the moon shows were a ton of fun um, yeah. so i can't i it's hard to compare but
2: yeah i think they were all a lot of fun it's just energetically definitely yeah. that shadow or that cloud of covid was still mm-hmm. cast pretty uh heavily i think on those last couple of shows but um but yeah, to Curtis's point, it's always good to still get out and see old friends and reconnect. And and yeah. you know that was the first time we had played the Red Weather stuff um, live, mm-hmm. things out beyond the studio. So that was that was a good exercise, um, regardless of everything else going on.
1: Yeah, that was kind of uh, interesting to see which songs kind of took on their own life, and you know, playing them live felt much different than listening to the record and stuff so yeah because
2: it's really the only record we've ever really put together in a studio for the most part right I mean not that we, we were sharing ideas and stuff obviously before we got in the studio but that was the first record we ever made where a lot of those songs came as we were there sitting in in the in the studio and working through them um so then going out to play them live usually on the it was the opposite of our earlier records where you would mm-hmm. play them live and tour for you know relentlessly mm-hmm. and then by the time you got in the studio you were kind of already over the songs because you had played them so much on the road yeah. and this time it was the opposite where the songs were so new and fresh it took us a while as we were rehearsing and preparing for those last shows to even get them to sort of have a live energy and feel to them because we had only played them really in the studio
0: yeah. Um. So you said you you wrote a lot of in the studio or you like a lot of it came out of the studio. Like how long were you guys in the studio recording it then?
1: So we spent what did we spend uh, in Nashville, like probably weeks. five. Yeah. Like I think all of us there at one time was mm-hmm. about a week. Mm-hmm. And then there was some bouncing back and forth. I think David went a couple of times to do to kind of work on vocals and. Mm-hmm. Um. It was it was the first, like David said, it was the first time that we hadn't like, I think one or two of the songs we had done live. And the rest was like, mm-hmm. you know, there there are frameworks that, that had been bouncing around and, and demos and stuff like that. But we had never been in a room and been like literally the day we got in the studio was the first time we kind of all started piecing it together and, and figuring out how how to, you know, work together with them.
2: Yeah. And it was literally like with most of the songs, it was sitting around in a circle on the floor in the in the you know the main uh the main room at the studio
0: mm-hmm.
2: and then working together and agreeing on a you know a structure and then hit and record and kind of just going with it so very different process than what we've ever done before
0: so were you um were you did you think of doing this after those 2018 shows or did that the idea come after that? Like what prompted you guys to want to record another record?
2: Yeah. You know, I wish I could say that we're, we're really intentional and prolific in our attempts to make new music, but it all just happens kind of organically. It's kind of happening right now. Like we share song ideas with one another, Mm -hmm. probably at one point, you know, down the road, we'll, will become a record, maybe. Um, Mm -hmm. So nobody ever comes out and just says it from the start, like, hey, Mm -hmm. we're going to make a new record. It just sort of, you know, piece by piece, sharing this part, this idea, and then you have Mm -hmm. a song, and you're like, maybe we should go record the song, maybe we should all get together. And that's sort of really how it all came about. It was Mm -hmm. very, um, you know, slow momentum that Gad- gradually, kind of gained more and more steam, and then performing, we, we were in Nashville with with our buddy Carl recording uh, Red Weather.
1: Yeah, I was gonna say, I think I think a huge part of what that last that last bit of energy that really made it gain the steam was that Carl was you know ex- expressed interest in in helping us record it, mm-hmm. and so that that kind of solidified everything. We we're like, oh, this is perfect. Like we've known him for t- twenty years, and mm-hmm. No, and we would we trust him and so it was kind of like okay this this could actually be if if nothing else it's gonna be fun. So
0: yeah, fair enough. Yeah. How how have you like like how have how has the record been received? I was I guess. Uh
1: yeah, I think it was yeah, great. It we were uh I think all of us were kind of like what is what is a chamberlain record? sound like today what is it you know for a minute we kind of kind of thought through that stuff and mm-hmm. I, i'm i'm like a very visual person and i need i need like also like creative references and stuff to get my to like almost like uh mood board something to yeah. <laughs> so like so so like what is it like i did that a lot with like what what bands do i listen to that i that i would feel like this that make sense in this world like how can we kind of piecemeal this thing together and like yeah. and i feel like it just after that once we kind of let that go and just like let it down and, and got carl involved it just kind of took a life of its own and then it just was all right this thing's doing it's doing its thing and um the response has been i mean we have no idea as far as like putting out a new record um we have nothing to compare it to necessarily because it's it was so long between the records but yeah it's been great uh i to this this morning i woke up adam sent us a screenshot saying that we were streamed over 500 000 streams on uh for the red weather record i was like that's cool uh, that's 500 000? like I, I don't think uh any of our other records have you know done that i don't know i, I yeah. think that's good for i think that's good for a part-time uh band that's that just, just
3: gets together it's mark just on
1: loop. what's it's just mark on loop yeah that's fine well it's all <laughs> mark, yeah just we- has it on loop. <laughs> yeah.
3: Constantly in the background.
1: Of his- just different IP addresses, just playing it all. Well, I was gonna
3: his, ask so. with, I was gonna ask, obviously, you know, with your creative endeavors that are more visual and then, you know, Adam's work producing music for movies, um, do you think it's easier or harder now that you're older and have other things going on? Do you think it's easier or harder when you come back to Chamberlain to find that? creative gel that keeps you guys all together.
2: Oh it is so much easier. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. Like yeah, I can emphatically say it is so much easier. Now there's there's it's easier in in a different way. So I would think to Curtis, you know, when we used to, I think when we were younger, really consider identity and who we were as a band and this, you know, but I don't think we spend as much time even thinking or worrying about that it's literally just about getting in a room and playing music together and you know when you've been through things which we all have whether it's you know having you know becoming fathers or going through divorces or going through you know big life changes things that you couldn't really even begin to imagine when you were younger Mm -hmm you come back to this thing, like for the sheer joy of it. And, and, or at least we have, I don't know if everybody does, but we have come back to it for the sheer joy of it. um, For the, for the sort of wonder and, and beauty of the fact that there's still people that journeyed with us all those years back and still want to hear music that we write and play. So at least from my perspective, like, we used to have some knockdown dragouts for sure over just, you know, identity of songs and identity of one another and, you know, all of that sort of ego and that uh, pride. Once you remove that, then the music can just kind of, kind of yeah. be what it is. I mean, I don't remember us having too many um, bouts of, you know, um, warring viewpoints or um, varying, you know, different opinions about where a song could, could or should go, I think mm-hmm. a much more peaceful process.
1: Well, I think, yeah, I think everything is, uh, I mean, as an adult, you're like, this is the, like, whatever lyric or whatever, whatever avenue we go down with this thing. It's like, there's so many more important things to worry about. <laughs> like, let's just yeah. get this down. Let's yeah. see how we feel about it. And if it feels good, we'll keep going. And that really was when Adam and I started talking about it, we were just both like, I don't know what this is going to be. What this is going to be but if it's great we'll keep rolling with it if it's not scrap it and do something you know keep working yeah. or or go away for a while and come back i mean we we tend to not want to be away from each other too long i think you know a year or so between visits is kind of our our maximum that we try to do but um yeah I, I, it's definitely a lot more chill and, and easy now now that being said the ins and outs of planning everything with Adam. David doesn't have to go through the thousands of text messages with self doubt of every show and every, (laughs) everything that we do. But uh, for the most part, it is, uh, yeah, it is exponentially easier.
2: But we also, to to that point, we also all have our sort of dance uh, because of who we are. And I think we all know that like all of our dances. So back in the day, you didn't really, you know you didn't really understand oh this is just how adam has to deal with the stress of this or this is just how curtis has to work through finding his base partner there's something about now having the wisdom and and self-awareness and also the knowledge of one another that you you can kind of finally sit back and trust it and know that you know it, it it's gonna work out it's always worked out it'll work out yeah cool very
0: cool so uh, let's 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 go back in the time machine a little bit the way way back into the way back into the 90s um okay <laughs> okay we're there <laughs> <laughs> um so i mean we're, we're going to jump all over the place but so when you guys changed from Swift to Chamberlain like what Like what goes into that? Like having a band that's a band, you know, you're a hardcore band or whatever you want to call yourselves and you decide that we're going to be something else, but the same band. Like, how does that happen? Even after you recorded a record and then you, you know, you redo it. Like, how does that work?
2: (laughs) I don't know that it did work.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd say I'd say probably didn't. But uh, I mean, I you know, that's a pretty glossed over simplified way to look at it it was we were uh you know anywhere from 13 14 years old to uh you know entering college and Mm -hmm. you know going through college throughout the span of the band Mm -hmm. um so at during those times like my god like i'm watching my nephew go through it now like the the you know the span of knowing him he's 20 21 years old and like just watching all the different things you have to figure out and you have to navigate and the things you're interested in and the, and the uh, you know, the, the pushes and the pulls of everything that you are and aren't um, uh, politically or uh, you know, and I think we just went all, we, we went through that all together. Like that's insane. It was five of us trying to figure out how to make that work for a very impressionable 10 years of our lives. Um, so, you know, if, if you ask someone, why were you wearing that ridiculous shirt when you were 14 years old? It's kind of the same thing. It's like we yeah. started a band called Split Lip when we were 15 years old. Yeah. And we we worked it as much as we could mm-hmm. from probably day 35 of Split Lip. We knew the name was bad. <laughs> like, <laughs> like we were like, I mean, OK. Yeah. I mean, and like,
2: of, I think even before I got in the band uh, or no, was, I think you guys had a pretty good idea that it's like, mm-hmm.
1: You know, yeah yeah it, it, it was like uh it was it was like chuck was on volume uh from busting his face open and he came up with it and we were like yeah sure as children that made sense uh yeah. the more we worked on it the more we wanted to take ourselves seriously and like it was going to be the thing that we were doing for our life and mm-hmm. i think that with those pushes and pulls of life and in general like god uh you know on your own you make all these conflicting things happen and mm-hmm. then then you attach four other people that have to move in tandem with you mm-hmm. and like it's just that's just that's just how it happened and i think it was every record we put out we talked about this a lot like every record we put out it was like maybe now's the time like before we put this record out maybe now's when we just like split this thing up and like uh-huh. we just start a new record and you know, I don't know that we. I, I I think that there was no good time to do it, and we certainly did. We picked a no good time to do it. Time to do it, <laughs> but I <love> <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's so bizarre. And what would el- what else would anybody talk about us? You know, nobody. If we didn't do that and put out weirdly, release the same record twice, then what would people talk about for the last thirty years? Like you know, I think the.
2: The cool thing for me to think back on is like Dirk at Doghouse and like him being like, all right, yeah, you guys can do this because it was just sort of ridiculous, right? Like, no, we're going to hear me out here, bud. listen, we're going to re-record the vocals and release the exact same album, but it's going to have a different band name. And God love him. Dirk was like, all right, let's go. We'll go back and, you know, which I always think is incredible because it did, you know, it was marginally different. Yeah, But I don't think the, sonically, the difference is what we were really going for. It goes back to the identity thing. I think we were trying to push ourselves toward a new identity, and we didn't think the name matched the artwork and the feel and the certainly the the identity towards which we were headed.
0: Mm-hmm. So he was cool just,
2: well, oh, go on, go on, Michaela.
3: No, I remember seeing you right after the name change at brownies in like 1996 my yeah. freshman year of college and i just remember visually you guys up on stage it was such a departure how you were dressed <laughs> from what i used to seeing lost her eyes shows and then all of a sudden seeing you guys at brownies and the outfits were tighter and there was a little bit of like a I, like almost like a old country like swagger and at that time my 17 year old brain was like I don't know if I like this yeah and sure. it really yeah. took me a while to get into the Chamberlain yeah thing, even though yes I'm...
2: yeah uh, if, 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 if you know going back to that time period we were kind of landlocked right we were in Indiana we were touring and stuff but we spent a long time off the road not making music and we were playing Indiana bars, we were playing Midwest bars. We started to play, you know, a mixture of, you know, of, you know, we to, to audiences that, that knew our history and audiences that had no idea about our history. And I think we were trying to sort of have some appeal to that, that broader spectrum of people that were coming to see us play. Um, yeah. And that's, I think, what kind of shaped and formed our identity at at that time.
1: Yeah, I think, uh, we, you know, all the stuff we were listening to, it was all over the map. It was like, we were like, um, you know, I think that actually in Buffalo, we played with Shredder to Think. And that was like a huge deal, like watching them play. I was just like, I was like, oh, fuck, these guys are like. Uh, they they'd always done their like paved their own path. And I actually just listened to like the podcast where they're going through all of the records on, on discord. Mm -hmm. And, uh, they're on talking about one of the records that was not their bigger record. It was like one of the uncomfortable kind of transitioning records and Mm -hmm. like hearing them talk about it. I was like, Oh my God, this is exactly like what we went through. It was just like, we wanted to be doing this. We, we wanted to be playing what we wanted to be playing. We were at different at a different point in our lives from when the 14 year old Michaela heard us the first time. And it just went through, you know, we went through what we went through and we wanted to do it. Now, I think David brings up a good point that we were playing, like there was a lot of, uh, three of the members were full-time college then. Mm -hmm. And so we, we basically had to play like locally as much as we, as much as we could and write between those times. And so I think it just like, it was just, that was where, where life took us, um, I think it was awkward you know I think for everyone involved it was awkward we had this fan base of like where we could tour the circuit and a a lot of bands have gone through this I mean Shutter thinks one of them like I don't know like Iceburn like all these bands that were like just a little bit different and weird and like those those bands are much more different and weird than we were (laughs) But, but still there was like they had that uncomfortable like we're all right well we've got this we've got this tour circuit and these people that we really love to go hang out with in cities and stuff like that. And then so you just do it. And whether or not people are going to respond to it, it, you know, it did take a while. It, I don't know how many people were like, Oh my God, my girlfriend got that record and i hated it. I hated the, the Oh my, like, especially the moon, my saddle. And then, and it'll be like, and then they were like, Oh, but then I like, listened to it on a road trip and now it's like my favorite record of all time now granted that's like five years later after we've broken up so it's like yeah i um, remember like
0: having debates with people in cars like going to shows talking about like the band and like you know it changed their sound or they, they sound a little bit different do i like them anymore like what is this what's going on here and there was a lot of that like back and forth with people and like the debate you know is, sure. is chamberlain still a band i should care about and
2: I mean, I, 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 I love hearing that because yeah. we, because we, we did the exact same thing with like seven seconds or with the bands. We loved yeah, yeah. what was this? Like, this sounds way too, you know, <laughs> this side or that side or whatever. But yeah. I think that was the beauty of the whole, you know, that whole time, you know, there were so many, there was so much room for change and growth and, yeah, uh, and know there was a lot of experimentation and a lot of feeling your way like i don't know we could and we were also you know after fates came out we were getting courted by major labels in that whole sweep of when the industry was going out looking for anything Mm -hmm. post nirvana that sounded you know at all underground like we were kind of part of that and we were trying to decide you know is that the way we're going to go? Like, do we really want to get swept up in all of this or are we going to pivot and do something that we really believe in? And, you know, from the outside in looking at the decision to go from fate's got a driver at the time period when we did to moon my saddle, it was, I mean, kind of not that it was a career, but if it had been a career, it would have been career suicide because not the time to release a record like that. But we just didn't, Not the way we thought about things i guess
1: well we also took forever to put out records and and again back at that age range we're you know 18 to 20 years old what what changes in two years in someone's life at that time period a lot (laughs) like Mm -hmm. a lot just just mentally without a band that you're like uh you know putting down on tape every two you know we it literally would take a couple years for us to do records it just was like painstaking to get a record done Mm -hmm. um and I think that that's huge. Like at that age, like we probably should have put out, we probably should have, you know, in hindsight, put out more records. Like we did some demoing in between that would have been a great time to put out a record, but it just, we, we were so hard on ourselves and like trying to get it, trying to get it out into the world was just, it just took a lot. It took it all out of us. And, and, and that's, that's two years from 18 to 20. That's an insane span of time and your are in, in a person's development so like that's where we were that's where it took us uh, you
0: know. yeah did you um did you did you guys hear any of that feedback when like you were that when you were around then like you like were people i don't know how people would even communicate back then because there was no internet there was no like, real <laughs> internet like there wasn't like a message board or an instagram where they're like you guys, what are you guys doing but how did how did you hear like uh the feedback from like you know your
1: uh people I, think I guess we we've I, I we certainly i mean i think that there's with you play shows and you're you're, you're getting on the bill with some strange lineups and you know yeah. you've probably seen some of them like lost horizon was definitely not our scene but we played there yeah. a, a bunch of time but like most of the bands that played there they were and we were definitely doing something different now gr- granted i feel like there was you know a handful of bands that were also doing things that were you know uh like we i think we played there with far side at lost horizon that makes I think it was sense like, yeah makes... and like that that was the kind of like all the records we grew up listening to like david mentioned like, like like seven seconds and like every every record that was like considered their sellout record dag nasty wig out of Dinko's. like all those yeah. records those are all our favorite records like late later era seven seconds ourselves and uh, you know like soul force revolution those were our favorite records like that's it was no surprise to me to look back and go yeah of course this is what we wanted this is this is the path that we were following like we wanted to like write those kind of songs
0: i'm actually a, a dagnasty field day guy so yeah even further past we yeah. go,
1: so. I, but you know um, what i mean it's just yeah. like, <laughs> and everybody caught shit and it's because the world was so small and everybody was so young and you know it's it's always interesting when an adult shares shares that kind of a uh that kind of opinion without yeah. the without qualifying it with but then i got then it hit me you know mm-hmm. usually it's usually it's then it hit me
0: yeah um, i think we lost michaela unfortunately yeah. hopefully she's we'll get try, her. she's,
1: she's been we'll trying to call in yeah i saw that
0: yeah <laughs> <laughs> we'll hopefully get her back um so let's
2: see where do i want to go next with all of this so Can I make a quick point? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, because Curtis, you made me think of that, which I hadn't really thought about before, but you're absolutely right. Like we weren't into a lot of, like everything, most everything we listened to, maybe with the exception of Gorilla Biscuits um, and a few other handful. but we were always drawn to the really melodic stuff. Mm -hmm. Like, I, you know, it must have been a chronology thing and our age at that time and where, where punk rock was headed and moved, moving to. But most of the stuff we all got into is pretty melodic. And, um, yeah, I think we knew pretty early on, even before we could do it, before I could sing that way, before I could write that way, before any of us knew how to do it, we knew we wanted to, to get there. Um, And the bands we looked up to the most were bands who had, come from a similar place of sort of angst and, you know, youth identity and all that, but had come to this more melodic expression of the same, same sentimentality, but just sounding more, um, more melodic.
1: Yeah.
2: Um, speaking
0: of like lyrics and stuff. So I've always wondered like where, do you write most, most of the lyrics, David? I do. I write. Yeah, pretty much all the lyrics. Okay, I've always wondered where they came from. Like, are like, are they mostly like personal, like from personal experiences, or just writing about things that you're thinking? I I don't know how to ask this, but like, are you writing from personal things, or
2: or I don't know. Yeah. I don't know where else it would come from other than personal things. Yeah, No, I'm not. I've never been good at at writing from any place other than Mm
0: -hmm.
2: uh, sort of personal, somewhat at least autobiographical experience. So um, I've always admired writers that say that they just make things up or, you know. But yeah, I would say that most everything in the lyrics either happened in my life or... Some shade of it,
0: mm-hmm.
2: or some you know um, similar experience happened. Um, I just can't make stuff up. I'm not I'm really been cut from that fabric. So yeah, I think most of it comes from real experience. Um, gets filtered through, you know, some art and artifice, and you want to keep a little bit of distance between you and and what actually happened. But yeah, I would say the majority of it absolutely did. Mm-hmm. And does so
0: um going to the moon my saddle. Um like the way that record starts, was that you know how it starts the um was, try Triver Thunder? Yeah. So right. the way it starts, was it was that like kind of intentional? Like the how it's how different like the beginning sounds. Like I've always wondered about that, like it's just like that album starts and it's just like this
2: is something else and that's how it kind of starts (laughs) yeah yeah i I think so i think it was intentional i think i think yeah i i would say it it was definitely um we wanted to make a point about the shift
0: Mm -hmm.
2: and where we were at that point in time i remember i'll never forget Listening to the playback of the record in New York City, where we had mixed it um, and done overdubs and stuff, and um, for me, it was the first time I had felt like the sound I heard in my head and, and maybe lyrically in my heart, was like had manifested itself. Mm-hmm. I felt really connected with that. And I remember going back to Indiana, playing it for my parents and my siblings and their wives and husbands. And I just felt like it really on the path that we were supposed supposed to be on for me personally.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't remember the sequencing uh, decisions, but I, I think I think a lot of that would come from the content the the lyrical content anyway um mm-hmm. a, and energy but um mostly it would be like the story told makes sense starting right. the record
0: right yeah but i always thought like the way you know how it starts and i always thought that was like uh you know we're a different band now and I thought that that was like a exclamation point on that like whole that whole thing <laughs> I,
1: yeah I think I think that um for those it sounds the people, country
0: i guess in that yeah. just that part you know
1: it, yeah. I think for them for for a lot of people you you see what you you know you see it through the lenses that you see it through right like that you're that you're it, it, it may be the truth it may not be the truth you're, it's <laughs> it's 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 just where but it's where your mindset is so that's where like I don't I don't know that it was it's, there was certainly no like it uh, the first song needs to sound like a country song it's like <laughs> we, we went at, we went in and we went in and did the record we were we were kind of surrounded by like John Mellencamp's bass yeah. like his his people Yeah, and you know they're like and not that we weren't seeking that out I mean we went to work at the guitar player's studio like we mm-hmm. it was all a thing we were like okay if we're gonna do this let's do it at you know where we feel comfortable and mm-hmm. uh, so I think I'm sh- I'm sure that there was a, a as far as what song to start off with. A little bit of it was, yeah, yeah. This is this is a new thing. But we but again we were just like putting out a new record, so it's, it wasn't as it wasn't as like a vindictive as as some probably that are were all sure wrapped people, up. Yeah. We're wrapped up in that in that. <laughs> as it was.
0: Like who are those split lip guys? I don't know those guys. Like where are this where are these guys? But now? but
1: but I will I will say I did I do um, my wife uh grew up in the punk scene on the west mm-hmm. coast um she knew of the band didn't know the catalog really just like knew yeah. of us but didn't like so i like when i introduce people to the band or um i like to play them at that point the oldest record was them in my saddle so mm-hmm. i like to i like to play them the first song we ever professionally recorded as split lip which was <sighs> evolution on the comp the voices of voiceless comp mm-hmm. when we, when the average age was 14 or 15. <laughs> and then I play, and then I directly play right after that Try for Thunder. And I like to watch their heads just explode. <laughs> it's like it's I, a major thing. <laughs> yeah, no, I think that's, but I think that's what's so beautiful about it. It's like these children grew up to do this, like to just like. Throughout the span of things, like that, this is the bookends of what that was.
0: I'm always talking to people about how, like, this these four these five guys did this, and then these five guys did this, and it's just yeah. crazy, and it's like it just it blows my mind. Like every time they're like that, okay. I show I show it to people.
2: <laughs> I'm still always kind of surprised by that, only because I, I I haven't seen many other like if you listen to early U2, right on like yeah. boy. Mm-hmm. Like they went a long way, but they pretty much sound like you two. Or, um, but yeah, I think the the, the dramatic shift and change, um, you know, it's no wonder why there were plenty of people that were like, "No, nah, this isn't this isn't for me," because you know they had got hooked on one thing and and it and it went a very different direction. But as we're talking about this, I know in past interviews I've said, you know. Well, it happened really organically and we weren't really trying to make it. But the more, the older I've gotten, the more I've realized, I do think there was a bit of bravado around like, you know, we knew that it was going to be a bit of a fish out of water as a record. And I, mm-hmm. I do think we courted that a little bit and probably stoked that fire a little bit. But as far as the songwriting and the, the craft of writing the songs and the lyrics and That was all the, you know, the same thing any of the songs had ever been, which was just the five of us sitting down and putting that stuff together.
0: Do you remember any like really negative reactions to to Chamberlain, like coming from a like a a split lip like fan back then?
1: (laughs) David, what was the what's the review? What's the the one? Oh, I've got it.
2: I've I've quoted (laughs) it over and over again. Maximum rock and roll. No, was it Maximum Rock and
1: Roll? No, I don't. Uh,
2: no, it was Maximum Rock and Roll. Was it?
1: I don't. I don't remember the, the publication, but I remember the sentiment.
2: Oh, I think I have the publication wrong. Well, anyway, it doesn't matter. <laughs> but the The review was David Moore makes Huey Lewis sound like the King of the Delta Blues. <laughs> I think I remember that. Yeah. I've never forgotten it (laughs) (laughs) it's so scathing. And I would love to meet the kid who wrote it because it's (laughs) amazing. Yeah. (laughs) But the irony of it was that 10 years later, they came to us and did an article about how it was one of the most influential records.
1: Alternative Press.
2: Thank you. Alternative Press. Yeah. 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 And I remember the, the kid who who interviewed me for that piece. Yeah, I told him. I said, "Hey, man, I got to tell you. Like, when this album came out, like, I'm honored and I love the fact that that you know it's being viewed as as a pivotal record from from our genre." Mm-hmm. And then I told him that quote of what the review said, and he was like, "Oh, that's so <laughs> cool.
0: I think I read it in the Alternative Press article. I think. I think that's. Oh, why yeah. I, read, yeah, I um, think that's where I
2: read that. Yeah. Come, and then the to touring when we toured, there were yeah." there were certainly people who were who were vocal about the new material that we were trying out.
1: Yeah, they I would say in America they're much less vocal. They just don't they just kind of shrug and kind of go get a drink or go, you know, hang out in the parking lot. Uh, in Europe you would definitely hear about it. Oh, really? How are <laughs> like they in Europe? Like well, just like, you know, Germans would be like, "What what happened? What are you doing?" Yeah. <laughs> it's like straight up. <laughs> And you're like, um, I don't know, bro. Just trying gotta, to make it work.
2: You got to appreciate their honesty, though. I remember did those in Germany, they would look you straight in the eyes, like dead face. No emotion. <laughs> just be like, no, for real. Like, what's happening? <laughs> <laughs> what have you just, done? What
1: have we yeah, done? you done? You, you try to, like, laugh it off, and they're like, uh uh-uh. No.
2: <laughs> no, what is, what's happened? All right. So,
0: um, so what led like the first breakup of the band or the breakup of the band like after the moon my saddle is
1: there is there a second one coming mark or is there something i don't know <laughs> i don't
0: know i think everyone stays <laughs> together nowadays i think you just you're in it well you're good.
1: I, I, I i do say like why why break the band up at this point like it's yeah. not just us but any bands like when they're like oh, i think i'm gonna it's like why just just don't do it for a while shut up
0: <laughs> yeah definitely <laughs> uh... yeah
1: that's
2: really yeah it's a good segue because that's really what we should have done we should have in my estimation, this is purely my own perspective on it. Looking back, we should have taken some time. uh, But like, you know, so many other things in life, particularly when you get midway through life, you realize that, you know, you don't get, sometimes you don't get the wisdom until after you go through it. But I think, you know, we had journeyed a long way together. Mm -hmm. We started to have differing ideas about where we should go and what we should Put our energy into, mm-hmm. um, and none of that. This is the important thing that I realized: is that none of that changed after we, you know, got new band members. All those mm-hmm. same same things um, continued to fester. Um, so it didn't fix anything. It didn't change anything. Uh, but it was, you know, as as trite and obvious as it sounds, we were just at a crossroads where some of us felt we should go one way and other people felt we should go another way.
1: Yeah. I, I think, think, Curtis, I think right?
2: Curtis, you can probably speak to the fact that even during moon, my saddle, I think there were growing pains there where some people were like, uh, I don't know, you know, I, I,
1: we were yeah, trying to. I, 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 I would say that 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 uh, the feeling that the moon, my saddle was a, was a a departure and maybe, maybe not good, maybe good. Maybe it, maybe it was, maybe it wasn't good. That feeling that the fans had, that wasn't, that was also happening within the band. I mean, it was like, um, I think as I, you know, where we all were at that age, it was like, we're all kind of like figuring out like, like, you know, catalogs of different artists and like, like, wow. Like, I feel like at that point in time, there was a couple avenues we could have taken, and I was most interested in taking, taking, uh, you know, like I was really into like super chunk and Radiohead and Wilco. And I loved all that, like that indie college era music at the time built a spill and, and all those bands. And I was like, okay, I think there's elements of that with what we're doing between before we recorded the moon, my saddle. But so I think that's kind of, and, and where everybody else liked that music too. I think it just was like that was the conflict it was like i didn't really love that direction of going you know uh h- hardcore into like melon camp land or or you know but um
2: but i think what it, too, what, what what we thought was like or what we might have thought was going hardcore into that space yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it was like it was really this fusion of all these different influences. But yeah, there was certainly camps, right? There, I mean, I'm not gonna, yeah, there were camps. There were, yeah. we, it was a split decision. Like not <laughs> that everybody didn't love the songs. Yeah. Because we went and recorded, we had an amazing time recording them in my saddle and everybody was on board. And but that tension is also what made us, I think, a good band. Like you know, yeah. nobody would just lay down and go. All right, well, David, you're the lyricist, or Adam, you write the music. So, take us where you're. Nobody did that. Everybody had a, an opinion and a passion about what we should be do. We should be doing and, and how we should be doing it.
1: Well, I think that's a good. I now, think that's I'm a good
2: point now where I can look back and know that a lot of those things and those opinions were were right, right, and and mm. maybe should have been heated a little bit more, mm-hmm. but. You know you go where you go so when like
0: people wanted to leave the band was the band going to break up or was it you guys were you guys always going to continue like you and adam
1: i think i think that uh that it was well and, and david you could obviously speak to that more than i can i i wasn't i don't think i was ready well i think it was it was very contentious throughout throughout that process uh pers just personally and and where we were headed, I think. But um, I think it was also just so stressful. Like we were at the, what felt like either it's the turning point of where this is gonna be like a full fledged career for the band, or it was like, we gotta just stop doing this. Like it's been 10 years of us mm-hmm. working through this. Um, so for me, I don't know that I was, I wasn't ready to jump off the ship yet, but that was kind of not my decision at the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was It was a blessing. <laughs> it happened uh my my life is has uh shaped up perfectly so I, i'm glad that it that it did happen how it happened but uh mm-hmm. i i think that david and adam always wanted to they, they wanted to go down that and and david you can correct me if you want uh, they wanted to go as full force down this this avenue and not have and see what it was like to not have that push and pull which David just kind of touched on that was that ended up making some very interesting music. I think Um, I think that that, that we kind of lost that a little bit of that edge towards the end of uh, that push and pull. But um,
2: I think that's precisely it, Curtis. I think you articulated it perfectly. I think we wanted to go, Hey, what if we didn't have to combat these voices that are telling us, Hey, if you go too far down that path or can you guys hear me? Yeah, definitely. I think that's exactly what happened we thought you know if we if we don't have to contend with these antithetical voices or these voices pulling us back to center mm-hmm. which is really i think what curtis and charlie to a certain extent were doing um what could we do what could we do and what songs could we write And and how far could we take this thing but then there's all these other layers that were involved there were managers that came in yeah. there were outside influences that started to go oh you guys could really be something and you could be something without this person and you could be you know there's just yeah static and noise that started to get in the way Mm -hmm. Uh, and i've always thought had we continued to be able to write music it would have gotten us through it but we really weren't after you know the moon my saddle we really weren't writing all that much stuff Mm -hmm. i think we just sort of got bogged down um I lost sight of what made us, you know, what made it, what, what made us who we were.
1: It was and I I would say it was it was I think that it was harder and harder to to figure out how to um you know I was always very involved with the the creative side of it and the booking and and just like the the relationship side of it. And it was really hard even with management it was really hard to to figure out our avenue like where we were going to go with it. Like are we going to be playing like fucking college bars in every city are we gonna like what where does this go if we're not in this this scene that i know and or 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 bridging to a scene that i admire or something but like Mm -hmm. that got really hard like
2: yeah
1: what are you gonna do with it i
2: think you take for granted the fact too that there was not much in between like you either went to the punk rock shows and played that circuit or you went to the The bars and you played that circuit and tried to make that work, like Mm -hmm. it's so different now. The landscape is so multi-textured and you know, yeah. But then it was you kind of had to choose your battle and then what were you going to do with it? You know, we had a history and a past with people who knew our stuff, and then we thought maybe our, our, you know, we were big enough for our britches and we could go out and find this whole new college, you know, stereotypical sort of. And yeah. it,
0: it didn't work. We failed. But you know. So so here's a question. Do the exit 263 songs count? Sorry. No, sorry, go ahead. Do the exit 263 songs count as as Chamberlain songs? Are they canon Chamberlain? <laughs>
1: no.
2: They are not canon. Fair enough. They're not lexical uh, uh, Chamberlain songs, but I think they could have been. Some of them could have been really good songs. Well, I think
0: they're all good songs, but that's me. That's me as a super fan. So. No, I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Yeah, I remember I uh, someone gave that to me for my birthday, because I, I didn't know what you guys were doing after the move my saddle, and that kind of showed up on my birthday one year. I didn't even know that existed, but it kind of just showed up. So that was, that was cool.
2: Most so. people didn't. <laughs> Yeah, no, I I really can't consider anything part of our lexicon or our or our canon Mm -hmm. that wasn't the original Yeah, that makes sense. I uh didn't work. I
1: actually I didn't listen to that until a couple years ago. When we were, I don't know, we were doing like set lists, or I, maybe it was even back. I don't, even, I don't, I don't think it could have been back at the Gaslight Anthem tour, but it probably
2: was because they wanted us to play a couple songs off a that.
1: song off that. Um, mm-hmm. So I listened. I for the first time I listened to it, and I live I basically live tweeted to Adam every song. I was like, "What is this?" And I would like make up like almost like Delta Blues quotes to every. <laughs> <song>. <laughs> But I, but I think you're right. I think bits and pieces of that probably went on to become songs of yours, just solo songs of yours. You know, like I think it was like a, I mean, I don't, I don't even know how it came about, but it sounds like it seems like it was a piecemeal thing that was like bits and pieces. And that's why as a fan, Mark, that's why you like it. It's like yeah, raw bits and pieces. Like I love hearing shit like that. I love like, yeah. you know, hearing like the, just a, like a little bit behind the scenes, right? Like a little bit of that, like,
0: I'll take whatever I can get, you know, <laughs> <laughs> but actually speaking of that, so those, those songs on, um, that double CD, the, uh, the five-year diary CD.
1: Yeah.
0: I love those songs too. Those, uh, there's that, those, those, those th- three or four songs that didn't come out of anything else. Was it two I don't know, but I thought those are great songs. I remember someone gave me a tape of those like many years before I, uh, before I actually got that CD and, uh,
2: I love so, that, but is that like, um,
1: I, we haven't tried to think of, oh, let me look it up real quick.
2: Infinity. The yeah. Infinity, to country fair and, fair. and yeah. that, county like fair, that yeah. stuff. Yeah. The, it's
1: county uh, fair. Okay. Just, it's not country. Okay. Fair, okay.
2: County. Fair. Sorry. <laughs> maybe the country. original racing Cincinnati. Yeah. 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 Yeah.
1: Um, so those um, are
2: the demos we were working on between the moon, my saddle and. Uh, that's what I was talking between about. Yeah. Bates and the moon, my saddle. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, that was that was a really interesting time. That if we wouldn't have beat ourselves up so much, we would have put a record out. Magnetic sixty second, yeah, everything here from Infinity County Fair, all that stuff would have made a great, you know. But we did get. I mean, I think we did the uh, antimatter comp, which was like huge, like Mm -hmm. great, a great thing to to be a part of, and yeah, for for Magnetic sixty second. I, you know, I I would have loved over it in the record at that time, but it just wasn't in the cards. So that was
0: between uh, Face Guy Driver and Move My Saddle. We're talking about yeah, yeah.
1: How yeah. much time? How much time was between
0: those? I if for like for looking back, it didn't seem like it was that long, but I guess it was. Well, now 20 you two years, two years, <laughs> two years. But, <laughs> but but <laughs> now,
1: now you blink and it two years, two years happens like like that now, but then yeah. it was like a, fucking two lifetimes.
0: Seriously. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because yeah, back then, like, um, I seem I think back then it took. I think it took bands like longer to put sh- put stuff out back then because now like people are putting out stuff piecemeal, like putting out a song here, a song there, stuff like that. All it's off. so
1: much it's it's so much fun now though. Like we yeah. get to toss things around and like we just did that the the song, the pogue song for the Christmas, you know, oh, that was just, great, like, yeah. It's like throwing stuff together and like if it feels good, like yeah, let's let's release it. I love I love where we're at with music right now. I mean, I love that vinyl is back and like huge and you know, it, it's, it feels like a really cool time for music. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Yeah.
0: I would agree. Even though I'm not like, I, I don't buy as much music nowadays, but you know, it's still, it's still pretty cool, I guess right now. So.
2: So can um, I ask you a question? Me? Yeah. Yeah. Just out of curiosity. Cause <laughs> so yeah. you mentioned like exit two sixty three. Like, yeah. So when you, when you got that and heard it, I mean, obviously yeah. sound quality, all that's so like, yeah, it's, yeah. It's really like sketches of songs. Yeah. And and, um, but had you at that point already been into the band for a long time? So it was sort of like a, a peering into, you know. Yeah, music. I mean, I, w- I was a
0: fan since like, you know, since forever.
2: Like right. right, I saw,
0: I saw, I was at that show to think show way back when oh you oh, yeah. yeah i saw you guys at um i saw you guys at cbgb way back when
1: oh
0: nice. i bought actually i bought the uh i bought um face kind of driver at cbgb's the uh, uh yeah the, uh, split lip version which i still have somewhere
1: I, I i was trying to put that together of i think that was the tour that we finished and then went back in and re-recorded it so we would have been schlepping the the split lip version probably on that
0: <laughs> which mine has yeah. a skip in it it's had a skip in it since i've gotten it so <laughs> that's that's
1: the remix that's a that's a remix
0: <laughs> yeah i still have that i never bought i never bought the um i never bought the um the chamberlain version on a on a record so that's one i've always like had but i, I play, play like twice so whatever yeah. it's like i because i don't listen to records anymore
1: i buy records <laughs> i don't i
0: don't listen to them so
1: Right, right right
0: right you know they're kind of like they're kind of like the the keepsake now you know because you listen to everything on streaming now so you, you buy records to kind of support the band that's kind of yeah. how it's it, kind of yeah, what I,
1: do. I I think it's also i think that it's a down the road kind of thing i think that I, I i usually put it on like right when i get it like i you know i just got the quicksand record or like my yeah. morning jacket record or something yeah. and i put it on i'll listen to how it sounds on vinyl and then i think down the road it's going to be like when when i'm tired of spotify or when something else is out or when you know whatever whatever it is is gonna you're gonna i think it's just you're gonna go back to that you're gonna be like oh i want to listen to this stuff on vinyl i mean there's nothing i've been thinking about a lot because my kids are um you know eight almost eight and almost three and almost three yeah and i'm like how did i get into music like what got me into music and a lot of it was the visual tangible thing about music like looking through my brother's records i was like I was mesmerized by uh, you know, a Guns N' Roses record or a Van Halen record or like just looking through those, the vinyl and like seeing the artwork. Yeah, like mm-hmm. the Hotel California, the back of the Hotel California record was like so creepy to me and like <laughs> uh you know rat out of the cellar just all that stuff i would like sit there like all the led zeppelin stuff he had all the yeah. um, pink floyd the actual literally tangible posters the the felt posters on his wall and i was mm-hmm. like this is that's what got me that's what hooked me
2: of course he did
1: of course he did <laughs> yeah glow black light <laughs> yeah yeah black light you know and but it was it was so visual and so it's, yeah. it completed it completed the sound so much more than like just putting an MP3 on in the background. Yeah, you don't get that like the 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 melding of the of the whole package that way. And and you know
0: you kind of have to listen to a record because you know you have to listen to the side one and flip it over. So you have to kind of actively listen to it. Whereas with now you kind of throw something on and do something yeah. else and you know clean your house or whatever or do some. Yeah yard work while you're just listening
1: suddenly you've been shuffling war on drugs radio (laughs) for three hours i I don't even know what bands i'm listening to now
2: yeah to that point i curtis i got the uh the 25th anniversary um albums for fate's got a driver from adam he sent them and my girlfriend's uh 17 year old daughter was looking at the vinyl and she looked at the back or the gatefold or whatever it was she's like what i don't understand what's side a and side b <laughs> <laughs> and i was like well, wow. my God, yeah you don't know what wow. side a and side b is like and then i explained to her like no we would organize the song so that you get to the end of the first side you flip it over the first song on the next side and
1: she has gotta be the right that. yeah that's was, in a way hey was- by the way wow by the way, Mark, I gotta officially go on the record and, and apologize to you for, for the, the <laughs> photo credit. Mark took the photo of us, uh that um the big spread one too. And I thought I, I swear to god, it changed hands so many times to do the to do the release of the record that I was like, I swear your name was in the mix on that. And it's nope, okay. no credit for Mark. <laughs>
0: it's oh, okay.
1: <laughs> it's that big one, and uh where were we? Were we in no, Syracuse
0: we in, Westcott Community <laughs> Center?
1: Yeah, as a community center, that one, David, you're wearing the Auburn shirt.
0: Oh, yeah. That's like the biggest picture in there. <laughs> <laughs> and I didn't get credit for it. Shame. I
1: know. <laughs> so bummed. It's all I'm good. Still, we're, we're still going to make it up to you somehow.
0: It's all good. It's all good. Speaking of that, when you guys when you guys did the, uh, the uh, was it, uh, what do you call the thing that you used to raise the money for stuff? Kickstarter. Kickstarter. Did anyone yeah. like pay to have you guys come play for them?
1: You know, someone did uh, a lot,
2: but it it
0: didn't
1: work. Then COVID hit. hit. Yeah, it was, it got a little weird because we were just like, well, at some point, you know, a, you're, you're raising this money for a reason, right? You're putting it into the record (laughs) to put it out, to record and put it in the And then, and then COVID hit and it was this, it was got real awkward for a minute and you're like, well, what do we, what, what do we do? Like, we can't go play. Yeah. Uh, But we've spent the money on the record. (laughs) So we, 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 we,
2: uh, can we give you a rain check please? We we did a, we
1: did a, we did a rain check for quite a while. And then, and then, uh, we ended up refunding.
2: Yeah. Adam and I, I think we're going to go, I mean, he and I were just planning to go. It was in Michigan or somewhere near there, um, to do like a, yeah, it was a group of friends who had paid for it for us to come do a backyard sort of, concert and stuff but yeah unfortunately it didn't work out
1: it's gonna be a real hoot, nanny.
2: <laughs> so um
0: one other thing um when you guys got asked to play um the chicago what was that chicago fest burning, <laughs> burning fight.
1: fight burning fight. fight when when i have a better memory than you this is, this is getting...
0: <laughs> so was there any like like you guys got asked to play that was there like should we play this shouldn't we play this
1: well, what had we done before that? We had done just the. Did we just do the the um, South by Southwest show? Was that the? Was
2: yeah, that was it. I think the the Burning Fight show was the first time where it started sort of put things in in motion. I yeah, think if, we were, if we we're honest with ourselves, we were probably hungry for it at that point. By then, it was like, it was. oh yeah,
3: um,
2: yeah, you know what I mean? Because we had missed being together and missed that time in our lives and. I don't remember anybody being like, "Well, I don't know that we should should do this, or I think we all kind of jumped at the opportunity if I'm not
1: mistaken. yeah, yeah, yeah that was great. We did that in indie it was that was that was great. It was a I think we got the taste for it when we were all happened to be in in Austin at mm-hmm. doing different things and and kind of got on stage and just did a few songs and that was that was kind of the kickstarter of that, or like a little bit of yeah. fuel on that fire.
2: Yeah. I will say we have throughout yeah. this whole resurgence. We have had conversations about, you know, not wanting to just rely on nostalgia. And, mm-hmm. you know, I think that's one thing I'm sort of most proud of with Red Weather. I don't think it, I don't think we sort of rested on our laurels and were like, oh, let's just release another, you know, Fate's Got a Driver, or release another Moon My Saddle. I think we, we wrote a new and different record. I think we went mm-hmm. into different territory because I don't think any of us wanted to sort of go, you know, do that dance and try and capture something that we felt we had lost along the way. We wanted to make sure we were moving towards something new.
0: Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I went to, after that Burning Fight show, I think you guys played in New York later that winter or was yeah. it December of that year? And actually I flew, I flew to New York and like, I was there for less than 24 hours when I went to go see that show. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> awesome. Yeah, actually I stayed with Michaela. And
1: that's right. In Brooklyn. I...
2: Was that at the Bowery? Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah
2: we, had, we awesome. had at the Bowery, didn't Curtis, correct me if I'm wrong, we had two people, two ladies that flew from Germany and flew back the next day. Do you remember that? Jesus.
1: Yeah, there's, there's like a handful <laughs> of those. Yeah, it's Yeah. Always, it was so the,
2: unbelievable. And then that's the thing when you get that sort of like, I think that's where we got sort of the, you know, we kept having those experiences and be like, man, this is amazing. Let's keep, let's keep doing it as much as we possibly can.
0: Yeah. I think I worked till like one that Monday, flew to New York and like came back the next morning, which is crazy. First time ever, but that was cool. It was fun. It was, it was, uh, it was definitely worthwhile. So, so here's a, here's a couple of final things. So, um, is there like a consensus like favorite record of the band?
1: Oh of the band. Yeah. The uh,
0: your favorite uh, like as a band, what's your is there like a record that you all like is one above the rest or are they all your...
1: cha- as, as as far as Chamberlain records or as in any record you're talking Chamberlain records. Oh, uh, okay. Um, yeah,
2: I'm guessing that would be very different depending upon yeah. who you ask. I don't,
1: ahead Curtis I don't think it would be I mean I think that it almost feels like Chamberlain now is we are our own thing now and the Red Rather record was so fun to do and we're Mm -hmm. so like it's so in it's so now and what we you know what we just felt good about it and working with the people that we worked with on it Mm -hmm. I think that that it's hard to kind of not say that that's a like your favorite of the time. I mean, I think yeah. that Fate's got. A, I, I think that Fate's got a driver was a great record. I think that it was us at a very interesting time of our lives. I think um, the moon was, you know, we always talk about the moon how it was like it was kind of striving to be a record that we didn't know how to play yet. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, you can you can hear that in the recordings. Um, I, I but I, I think you know why look back. I think just keep putting out new music and
2: I'll, yeah. yeah I would- I would say musically Red Weather, I would say Time in My Life mm-hmm. would be Fate has Driver. a Driver.
1: Yeah, for mm-hmm.
2: sure. I don't think you can compare like making a record in your 40s to making a record when you're in your 20s and the whole world is out in front of you and
0: yeah,
2: you can go in any direction. Right. So I don't listen to that record all that much. I did before we um, just before we recently kind of got back together. Which mm-hmm. is the first time in a long time so mm-hmm. musically it's not like my favorite thing to listen to by any means yeah but sort of the you know innocence and the
1: yeah i i think the my favorite record is the one we didn't record between the two of them but <laughs> <laughs> are there other demos
0: still out there somewhere stuff
1: that's not released no it's that's a thing they're well we we, adam and i have adam and i have talked about doing that in between like put together some kind of ep or something with that stuff because it it never got a proper never got a proper release but it it was literally we recorded those four songs we recorded some live stuff yeah but that's that's kind of it um so um
0: one last thing um Do your kids like your, like your bands (laughs) (laughs) or have you, have you had your kids list, sit down, listen to any of your records?
2: Yeah. My, my daughter likes, actually, I think all my kids, I have two boys and a girl, 19, 17, 15. Yeah. Um, Yeah. My daughter probably has shown more interest in the songs. Yeah. than the others but what they they get a kick out of pulling up old videos on youtube and yeah. stage diving and yeah with long black hair and they think that's really uh <laughs> funny
1: hilarious yeah i think my kids are um uh they're still of an age where they're just like they don't really get it now atlas has come to a couple shows he like announced this a couple times oh yeah that that, that he gets a real kick out of like the the live aspect of it but putting on a record or showing them a video is just like yeah
2: okay atlas is gonna be <laughs> atlas is gonna be like dad you did really good but let me show you what you did wrong <laughs> <laughs> let me get yeah. up there. I'll show you.
1: yeah
0: are any of them into or are, are any of them musicians
2: your kids david um my daughter sings quite mm-hmm. a bit yeah um and wants to do theater um, but she's also a sports kid, so she does softball, volleyball. Yeah, uh, She's kind of got both those worlds working. Mm-hmm. Uh, my middle son is really into beats and digital music and creating yeah. uh, dance beats and stuff. Yeah. Um, and then my eldest has a great voice, but as soon as I catch him singing, he'll, he'll be quiet. So uh. <laughs> <laughs> You never know. Maybe he'll come out down the line.
1: Yeah, yeah I be think, cool. uh, oh, Mark, you got to, you got to, Um, maybe if you're real nice to David, he'll send you a, a, a iPhone recording of him and his daughter singing, which, what song did she sing with you that you sent us?
2: Oh, I think it was uh, Take What You Can Get from, yeah. Uh, yeah. Right, <laughs> oh, really? You
1: know, it was great. We were, she, she was gonna, she was supposed to do it in Indianapolis with us, but.
2: Yeah, she someone... likes it a lot. She'll send like, like I played the Pogue song for her. Mm-hmm. Christmas song and she'll get into all that. And anytime I go on, you know, if we go on tour, we go to New York or LA, or she always thinks that I'm going to be rubbing elbows with like, you know, famous (laughs) people and stuff (laughs) quite like that, Maggie, but yeah, I love that she thinks that that's what's uh, what's happening.
0: Here's one final question. Um, Thanks for your time. Who is the female voice on the, the world and
2: uh, what's that song? The world don't want us.
1: World don't yeah. want us. Yeah, there's two people, right? Or did was it only one at the end?
2: No, it was just one. What was her name? Curtis, can you look? That up? <laughs> yeah, that, awesome. I, and we I, had, yeah, we hadn't played. uh We I think we hired her through.
1: It was another Mellon Camp connection. Mellon
2: Camp's people, yeah. So Mellon Camp's yeah. guitar player had done some backup vocals, his keyboard player had played keys on them in my saddle and uh, they got us in touch with her and I'm sorry, I'm not remembering her name. It's
1: We could dig that up.
2: Did you guys
0: ever open for Mellencamp?
1: No. No.
0: Uh, Did you meet Mellencamp? Yes.
1: And okay. in, in, in fact, <laughs> yes. In mm-hmm. fact, we didn't do a lot. Like we, I feel like the shows that we played, like we always kind of did our own shows. I mean, there's like shutter to think. Like I could think of a handful of shows that we were like the you know opening band for or whatever. Mm-hmm. I mean, after a certain point, and then we kind of just like played shows. Like yeah. they were like we booked our shows. Other bands would get booked on them or whatever. But mm-hmm. I I, I don't there wasn't a lot of like and maybe that was just us being like god we got to get out you know we got to figure out who we're playing to and where we're playing and and, yeah. and that kind of stuff part of that what,
0: but. what was the biggest show you ever played
1: uh i mean early on well Indian
2: community center would be yeah
1: early on like back when we literally just uh high school kids yeah we, it was like when nirvana was breaking and all the the, every kid in town was like looking for the next grunge band and mm-hmm. we we yeah, happened Literally, to...
2: all the jock kids wanted to go to a punk rock show and then it was yeah. like we played yeah. we went from playing to eight people to literally like 2,500 in a <laughs> all-ages india community center i remember having to park like a half a mile down the road and walk there
1: oh yeah yeah <laughs> those, those
2: shows... shows are some of our earliest ones
1: yeah yeah those, that was a, that was the right place right time kind of
2: yeah, very cool,
1: but um, we are playing some shows, and since oh, you're we're, really? we're going to announce it on Wednesday, so you get the, the, the early scoop mark. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me about these shows. <laughs> so we're do, we are going to play. Um, we're playing Brooklyn at the Knitting Factory. Mm-hmm. We're doing uh, the Middle East in Boston and we're doing Asbury uh, Wonder Bar in Asbury Park. When is uh, this in, in April? So April 20th is uh, Knitting Factory. April 21st is uh, the Middle East. And the 22nd is Wonder Bar. We're playing with the band Lepeche? Lapeche? Lapeche? I guess I should learn how to say the, the name. Lapeche? <laughs> well, there's yeah. like there's like accents on the name and stuff. Yeah. Mode? It's Depeche Mode. Lapeche <laughs> Mode. <laughs> A
0: Depeche yeah. Le Mode cover band Lapeche <laughs> Mode. Oh, man.
1: I'm, I'm all for it. <laughs> Yeah, so we'll be doing that in, in, uh, in April, at the end of April. That'll be, you know, give us a reason to get out and hang out with each other again.
0: Awesome. I might have to, like, make some plans or something. There yeah.
1: you go. <laughs> sure in, will make all, it out to...
0: All
2: shows, you're in free because you didn't get your... Uh... <laughs> yeah, right? Yes.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we got to make it up to you somehow.
0: I'm sure Michaela will make it out to one of those or more of those shows when they happen.
1: Yeah, well, you'll have to you'll have to say goodbye to her for me. I, uh, yeah, that was an unfortunate connection.
0: All right, cool. This was fun. I enjoyed it.
1: <laughs> yeah, thanks Thank for you having so us.
0: Much. Yeah, I wish Michaela didn't get knocked off, but such is life. <laughs> <But,
1: laughs> yeah, but
0: uh, um, I'll let you know. I'll give you a heads up when it's coming out and all that stuff. But hopefully, sometime in the next few weeks. Sounds cool. And all that stuff. Thanks, guys.
1: Hey, man, All thank right.
0: you so much. We appreciate it. Yeah, right. I appreciate you. All right. All right. We'll so see ya. Dark. All right.
1: See ya. Bye. Hey, Bye. David. See ya. Bye, Curtis. Love you, man. <laughs> Love you.